Welcome, welcome to Fire DFS PGA Fireside Chats episode number 27. And we're talking this week about the WGC Bridgestone Invitational, the Firestone finale, if you will. How about that? Uh, my name is Roger Casey at DRogerCasey on Twitter. I am the owner and managing director of Fire DFS, Fire Daily Fantasy Sports. And I am joined, as always, by my trustee co host, Mr. Jason Wigman. What's up, Wedge? Not much. What's happening, everybody? Um, my name is Jason Wigman. Like Roger said, you can find me on Twitter at Wedge2424. And I'll. All of you that listen probably already know that. And then you can find me on daily fantasy sites at Jason Wedge, uh, hammering cash games and small GPB contests. Amen to that. And <laughs> as such, uh, yeah, we had a really good week last week at the RBC. If you have not already checked out Fire DFS, I strongly suggest you do so. We are a great community of slow, boring, <laughs> old school fucking shit no one wants to hear about, as we learned on Twitter this week. You know, like making money, right? Because that's the thing that people don't like to hear about. Um, but if you actually are interested in doing it, we're pretty good at it. So uh, you can go to firedfs.com slash subscribe, sign up uh, for only 30 a month for our all-access. We'll have NFL content right around the corner here, which I could not be more pumped about. Ah, uh, and that's... coming up here on the nice swing of the FedEx, we've actually had a really nice run of PGA recently. It's been very good. Um, I mean, Christ, I wanna, we had a couple dud weeks there, maybe <laughs> back about three, four weeks ago. But Mike Murray, uh, congratulations, buddy, shifted the quarter arcade last week, which is nice. Uh, Way to be, Mike. Way to be, Mike. Yeah, ship the ship the QA. That's a that's some pretty sweet stuff. So thank you. Over seven hundred. What he dropped seven hundred five points or something. Yeah, like it was that. stupid. It was over <laughs> seven hundred. I may be the first time I've ever seen a seven hundred point team on in, in a PGA DFS event. That's pretty crazy. But yeah. Anyway, um, he did it on the shoulders. You know, of course, Dustin Johnson, the animal that he is, but on the shoulders of one Benjamin <laughs> Ann, who got. It poo-pooed like fucking crazy on this podcast last week by one wedge who thought that Chris Chris Kirk, of all people, was going to dethrone my boy. You know, it would have been better if he would have just gone and emceed. Yeah, it the, 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 the little Saturday, than... like, four-over wasn't really good for you. <laughs> but... Uh, no, he, and, he, and he made the cut, and he was pretty highly owned in cash games. I oh, like look, I... It, I understood the appeal at the price for Kirk. I mean, I didn't think it was, like, the worst play you could make. The problem I have with the play, and I, I briefly said this to you before, is that if, if you've got a course that is wide open season for Bombers, I mean, it really, like, these guys can just grip and rip, as we saw, and be in great shape to reach every par five with a gap wedge in their hand, then a guy like Kirk just isn't going to have the same advantages that those guys do. It's just not. I mean, and and on top of that, Kirk just has – he's got a streak in him. I mean, how do you shoot four over on that golf course, you know, as a uh, pro? Like, that's pretty hard to do. Um, you, had, you had to screw up pretty bad to find enough trouble to shoot four <laughs> over on that golf course. So, anyway, I, you know, it's not to say that on any given week, Kirk couldn't come out and have done the job. But I just think in general, when you're with a bomber-friendly golf course, it's going to let you do anything you want that taking a guy who's you know probably i'd say bottom half in terms of driving distance overall and kind of the, the what the poor man's matt kuchar who also yeah. missed a cut <laughs> <laughs> he, you know. was he the poor man's matt kuchar this week no was he was the, the slightly man's wealthier kuchar. man's matt kuchar 
but but <laughs> not yeah not by much but for the price yeah he was definitely uh, a better value but overall anyway i mean it's not the worst play in the world i was just was there's no way i was going to be taking chris kirk over ben on it just wasn't going to happen um did you still make money uh, no, I did not make money because Chris, Kirk, because Chris Kirk made the cut and Bubba did. Wedge, you're <laughs> killing me. Well, but yeah, Bubba surprised me too. He he looked like he looked like shit um, yes. on a course that should have been awesome for him. Um, yes. But which, but you know it is what it is. That was my only kind of bust of the week. Uh, was was nasty old Bubba Watson doing weird Bubba shit and not making any sense. His iron game was. Putrid. I mean, it was bad, yes. bad, bad. He was yeah. putting himself in great position off the tee and just could not hit an iron. So, what are you gonna do? Um, that's that's just how it goes. But anyway, all right, on to this week. So we are at Firestone for the very last time. Um, what do you know why that is? I I haven't stayed up on the why, um, but because uh, because I was because Bridgestone wants to bring it back to Japan. Um, because that's where they're based out of. Uh, um, so they want to bring it back to Japan so they can run their own namesake in their own country. Um, and being a World Golf Classic, they decided that, uh, you know, they, as you've seen, they've slowly been moving them out of the States. Yeah, I was going to say, is there, like a, is there a U.S. WGC other than the match play, like, um, even left no, at this point? That's, that is the only one now. There was three out of the four, because there's always, at least for a while, there was one in China. Doral, right, yeah. Then they Interesting. Moved the, Doral to Mexico, and now let's move this one to Japan. So, yeah, I know it had something to do with, actually, um, Bridgestone wanting to move it back to their home country. Right. Interesting. Well, it is what it is. Um, anyway, so um, we're looking at a nice little set par 70, 7,400-yard beast. Uh, it's a pretty <laughs> big golf course um, overall. And it really, other than on a very rare occasion, like, you know, Matsuyama last year, a couple of guys have run away with it. We don't, we're not talking about a golf course that lends a lot of really nice scoring. Um, we are looking at a no cut event top. What is it? 73, um, players in the world. Tiger made it just on the, the edge, <laughs> just snuck his little ass in, uh, which is great. Gets his last run at Firestone, so that's a little fun narrative street piece here. Um, plus, obviously, he likes the golf course reasonably, which is interesting because, yeah, <laughs> it's not exactly the most wide open golf course, is it? But no, not at all. And that's that's uh, exactly a conversation I was having with someone about that. Well, it, you know, it, Tiger Tiger's a really enigmatic player in that regard. I mean, you look at a course like uh, the Valspar where I really would not have believed Tiger Woods would have been able to find his way around, but he did because his iron game is just that insanely good. Um, you know, and he was, he was outstanding at the British a couple of weeks back. I mean, damn, like <laughs> he just, he just finds a way, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, it's special. It's been... The only, the only place he ever really was a bust over and over again was Sawgrass. And even he, he won even there, you know? Right. So, Right. It, it just is what it is when it comes to Tiger. Um, the guy's the guy's a freak. But anyway, um, as you and I were talking about, the weather does not look great this week. Um, we've got a little bit, possibly a little storms tonight. It's going to be clear tomorrow, but it's going to be nighttime thunderstorms or at least afternoon nighttime thunderstorms on Thursday. AM thunderstorms, 40% chance on Friday, 20% chance on Saturday, and 50% chance on Sunday. So... 
who knows? Um, could 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 do anything really. Um, either way, it may soften up the bent greens a little bit. Uh, temperatures are looking like they're in the mid high 80s with a, quite a bit of humidity, so it's not going to be very pleasant out there. Um, but you know, could be worse, I guess. But the greens should be in pretty good shape. They should be reasonably receptive, so it's not like we're going to see anything nuts. But what I do know about Firestone is something that I've seen every year: is that everything bounces. It bounces a lot. It's very hard to hold, and that's why you don't see scoring like like RBC style here, right? I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, the way I like to do it in no-cut events is I like to look at the number of players who are under par. So last year we had about 30-something players under par by the end of the tournament, so about half the field. Year before that, we had way less. We only had 14 players at even par or better. We had 10 players under par in 2016. Uh, we had 25 under par in 2015 by the end. We had a little bit more, maybe 37 in 2014. But overall, you get the point. This is about an even par golf course at best. Uh, a lot of years, it plays a lot worse than that, depending on the conditions, if we have any wins. Uh, this year, we're probably not going to have any winter single digits, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. And it may be a little bit more receptive. So I'd say this is going to be more, last year is going to be a little bit more representative where you're going to see a lot more under par scoring. But it still will not be a score fest. There's just no way. Um, but overall, if you haven't done the course tour of Firestone, definitely check it out. It's pretty tight. Um, it's not prohibitively tight to the point of where, you know, a, a longer hitter can't do well. But it's definitely not a bomb and gouge kind of course. Um, you know, very rarely do you see those kinds of players succeed here. I mean, now Bubba did have a runner-up here back in 2015, but he's a good example. He's done okay here, but he's never quite been able to get all the way home. Um, DJ shifted here in 2016, but other than that, I would say DJ's been pretty shitty by DJ standards at this golf course, yep, even I as a bomber. And so, so they can, you can, you can, you can overpower this golf course to an extent, but it, you can't make a whole lot of mistakes. You really just can't. And you have to take a big advantage of the par fives. Length will help. There's that one behemoth par five. It's like 600 <laughs> something yards, but these guys hit it like 400 on that hole. Cause there's so much fairway bounce. Um, yes. And it's, it's actually, it's actually kind of runs downhill in the middle of it too. If exactly. They they get it out about 300, they'll get an extra 30, 40 out of it. Yeah, I mean, you, this is the only time of the year you're going to see Zach Johnson hit a 350-yard drive. <laughs> like, and I mean that. Like, what? watch Sot Shot Tracker, you're going to see it happen. Anyway, so uh, that being said, Wedge, let's jump right in. We're going to try to keep this reasonably brief on our picks because, frankly, there's just not that much out here. Wedge, did you have anything to add on the course or anything like that? Um, no, you know, I, I experienced, experienced it firsthand last year, four days. Oh, that's right. Days. You were there. You had to watch yeah. Charlie Hoffman chunk a chip. Yep. Yep. Uh, my claim to flame on, uh, and fame on uh, golf TV, watching Hoffman chunk it and then chip it in, I think right afterwards. Um, no, I, I did realize when I was out there, it's a ton of mature trees. It's very tight. Um, it takes about five minutes to walk from the third hole to the 16th hole it's basically just back and forth back and forth right so it looks it's kind of set up like your local muni um but a lot harder and uh, a lot and there is a, a fair share of um elevation change um right. not very many flat places out there so kind of give you an idea it's tight 
and you've got to be in the fairway because if you're outside of the fairway, you're hitting low stingers and you're not holding anything because the green because the trees are so mature. So very fun course to get around. I'll be sad to see it go. Um, had a blast out there last year. Couldn't go this year, and we'll never be able to go again. So, oh, it's a it's a sad day, but yeah, great. Um, looking forward. You know, to it and I actually found I found the ultimate guy who exemplifies you know, why this course is so tough before we get into the players. And that's <laughs> Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Phil has played this event 19 times. And in 19 times, he's had exactly five top 10 finishes over his past 10 years, 39th, 27th, 63rd, 15th, 21st, 43rd, 48th, 46th, 58th, 4th, and 46th. And we all know what <laughs> Phil Mickelson's biggest problem is. And it's that, fucking driver that he just cannot keep straight so i was gonna say his most recent high finish when was the as oh it was probably his highest finish it was oh 2014 and i yeah the fifth. And i swear he shot like a six under on that last day and he was he shot 62 he shot six yep. shot better than six under shot eight under yep, yep. and he um, was shooting from the opposite fairway all day i remember right so like that's what it took for <laughs> phil to do well um Anyway, but bottom line is, if you're too laterally challenged here, it, it's going to get you. Fortunately, I think a lot of the way these guys circumvent that is because there's so much fairway roll, you can just blitz a three-wood down the pipe. It's probably what Tiger did for years and years and years of this golf course is just tag three-woods. Hendrik Stenson has done well here over his yes. last four finishes. I mean, you, you can see a trend, uh, guys who are able to kind of be patient with the golf course, so to speak, um, have seemed to done, do very well. So anyway, um, let's dig in, uh, wedge, let's go nine K up to the top. Give me three plays and a fade. Um, all right. Nine K up to the top. Wow, some, uh, I'm going to start at the bottom of the nine K and I'm just going to say Stenson for the exact reasons you hit on here. Right. Um, keeps it straight, keeps it in the fairway. Even um, with the, the whole injury issue potential. <laughs> You know what? It's a it's a no cut event, so um, uh, there's always that risk with old Henrik, yep. and he just says, uh, "I'm out of here." But um, if he's starting, he did make it through the British. Um, I didn't see anything majorly wrong there. You know, like I said, it's kind of a high risk week, anyways. Um, I wouldn't be roll. I, I don't know. I he got 40%. he got that cut line by a fucking hair. I'm still yeah. bitter about that. <laughs> and he was like 40% owned in cash. Too, oh, it drove so. me nuts. I mean, I uh, I still cash, but I still did not like that. So whatever. <laughs> uh, no, I, I kind of Stenson is one guy when injuries come up that he really worries me. But um, seeing that he went through it all last time and and has had relative success here, now if he comes out and he shoots like a four over a five over the first day, that's when you got to start to worry. Right. Um, yeah, that's a standard Henrik, but well, I like myself a little Stenson here. Um, you know, and, and we talk about Tita Green and, and keeping it in the fairway. Uh, there's old, uh, there's old, the open, the championship golfer of the year. Um, yeah. this, this guy is on another planet right now. I mean, there's What's everyone last, else, and then there's him. What his last five starts? He has three wins and two second yeah, places. It's his I last think? six, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's three it's, wins, two yeah. runner-ups, and we're talking not just about like score fest. We're talking about now looking at the British, like a grind on top of it, which is really impressive. Right. So, I mean, he continues to hit greens as an above, an above average guy and hitting the fairways. I know he didn't really do all well that in the uh, Open Championship, but I don't think that mattered because it was open, and I think he can adjust to it. So, 
uh, might go back there. Now, there's a, a bunch of other guys that I'd love to play up here, too. Um, you know, but um, I'm going to keep it a little bit lower cost range here. Um, I like myself a little Ricky Fowler this week. Nice. Uh, um, his is kind of has that has had some decent success here in the past. Um, kind of fits that mold. I would say decent success. He's got four straight top tens here. Yeah, um, he's been okay. I think <laughs> it's been okay here. So clearly, he likes this place. Um, you know, I, I think it fits his game. It is. It is a. It is. It does require a a, a decent level of scramble ability here. Um, because you are not going to hit evergreen, and I know that uh, kind of fits Ricky's game. So, um, right. like myself, some Ricky. Um, as far as my um, and my fade in this range goes, um, I you know, I, I guess, do I have to pick someone up here? Um, yes, and maybe do. DJ, DJ, because he's <laughs> what? Cause he's a, yeah, DJ, because he's eleven seven, and um, I probably won't go that high this week. Fair enough. All right, I that, that's acceptable. But come on, I mean, after what he did last week, I, I know it's a totally different course, but nevertheless, it's still it's Dustin Johnson being Dustin Johnson. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I, I agree. Obviously, Molinari. I, I don't know about the Stenson play as much. Fleetwood, I like a lot here in general. Um, this guy just finds a way around everywhere he goes, doesn't he? I mean, it's impressive. It's just crazy. I don't understand it. I don't really. I mean, the problem <laughs> is, is that he doesn't play enough PGA Tour events to give me good data. <laughs> so I don't really understand why he plays as well as he does. But it has to be a pretty good component T to green. Otherwise, it wouldn't make any sense. Um, so I, I think Fleetwood will be fine here in general. He played fine here last year. wasn't great, but. He's definitely improved as a golfer all around. Um, I immediately we go to Molinari for all the same reasons. He's just been absolutely on fire. It uh, doesn't matter what course it's been. He's just been on another planet. Um, the other guy I would point to here would be Dustin Johnson, actually. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, look, he, I, I, I can't, I can't disagree other than the fact that I try to build. D- DJ hit eighty percent of the greens last week. <laughs> Um, and he, uh, just for fun, because he could, he also hit 66% of fairways. Um, now that's, now that's the impressive part there. That and he also d- drove it 322.8 yards while hitting 66% of fairways and 80% of greens. And that's why he won. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's machine-like. I mean, he went 68, 66, 65, 66. Um, to ship it. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. And he only gained about half a stroke putting per day on average. You know, just because you have so many birdie putts, he didn't need to gain anything to shoot that high. Just jamming everything. Um, he's, he's, an, he's an animal. I don't care what he did at the British. It makes no difference to me at all. Um, the, the guy is disgusting. And, and, the, and you know what? Last week, I, I played the fake card because I didn't want to pay for him, you know, at that price. But, you know, joke's on me. It's Dustin Johnson at a bomber track. So it is what it is. Um, fade here, if I had to choose one. I just don't see a reason to play Jordan Spieth at this golf course. Um like I think he was able to get away with some shenanigans playing a Lynx course. Um, this is not a good setup for Jordan Spieth. Um, just look at what he did at Muirfield this year, which is, I think, a reasonably good comp, and it's pretty plain to see that he's going to struggle a bit on a course that's like this. 
So, um, yeah, I probably am not going to touch Spieth. I mean, yeah, look, I, I know he could do well, and he has done well, um, but with the way he's been playing recently, uh, it just seems like a very scary play um, this year. So we'll see what happens. He could do well. He has done well in the past, but I just don't think he's at the top of his game right now. Anyway, um, moving on down wedge. Let's take uh, three plays in a fade, 7,500 to 9K. Hoffman. The Hoff. Uh, just because. Um, and just because I, I I love the Hoffman here. I, I I know this is total homer and completely narrative, but uh, got to got to walk around with the Hoff here last year, and uh, this is one of the best moments in the PGA Tour last year when he was down, and he's down like uh, two shots or something like this to uh, – to Hideki and uh, he had about he had about 280 to the green on the 16th and had to go over the water and this caddy was trying to talk him into laying up and he's like I'm not here to finish second place um after he had finished second place a couple days in a row um I, I like I like him um it had played third finished third here last year um you know he, he's 7500 bringing some value into play was upside scoring upside here um the Hoff can the Hoff can kind of turn it on or be neutral out of nowhere, um, but uh, he seems to like to play in bigger name fields. So he does. Maybe, uh, Somehow he just shows know, up. You know, I mean, there's something I don't know. I, I don't know what exactly it is, but you know, you look at the bigger name field, uh, bigger name events that he's played in. You know, like with Augusta tracks. Yeah, Augusta, <laughs> the U.S. Open. You know, the Open He, he won at the, uh, the Deutsche Bank. I mean, right. he's, he's done some really crazy stuff. The, the, it, it is very odd how you can put him in a scrub fest and you don't know. I mean, he could do anything, it's, but but he's interesting. It, yeah, it's you, you throw him at a at an actual like elite level golf course and a bunch of guys, and somehow he just figures it out. I don't understand it, but there it is. Yep, so. yep. Um, next up the list, um, I like, uh, I like uh, speaking of guys playing well in big events, how about uh, Xander Schauffele? Jeez, um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's U.S. Open sixth, the Open Championship tw- second, you know, uh, the military tribute at Greenbrier where he, where he won last year, so he's coming back off that finish 21st. Uh, first time around here last year, um, first time playing this track. Finished thirteenth. Um, I think this guy has. Uh, he he kind of hit a little bit of a, a dead period there between the players and the tra- and the travelers. Other than the U.S. Open finish, and missed a couple cuts, but seems to have gotten it back on track. Uh, the T to Green game is looking up right now, and uh, his Iron game is on the rise um, since the Memorial has kind of been trending upwards. And so I like myself a little hit, uh, Xander down here. Um, the next guy on this list. Um, there are two more guys up here, but, um, I'll leave one of them for you. Um, I really like, uh, I like myself some Alexander Noren here this year. Yeah. Um, just another guy that, um, you know, we talk about tougher tracks seems to fit well into him Has played here in the past. Um, when he finished last year here, he, 28th last year, nothing spectacular. Oh, um, I know which one you're leaving me. Thanks buddy. <laughs> my, my so- hero. So yeah, that's that's who I like here. Um, as far as as far as fades in this range, um, you know, um, I, I, um, I screw Brandon Grace. I just I wouldn't I can't play Brandon Grace ever again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I played funny. him in cash three times, and I think he's missed cuts three times. So 
clearly, clearly, if I fade, he's a good play. But no thanks to Brandon Grace. Um, I know he, he tends to grind a little bit more, so a grindier course may fit him. Um, but he tends to be one of those guys um, that if he does end up pulling out the driver, that uh, it's not going to go very well for him. So um, I, I'm just going to stay away from him. Um, last time out, clearly it was his first missed cut in quite some time. But no thanks. Well, no he doesn't thanks. need to make a cut here, but either way, yeah. I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah, but... just just not. I just don't see huge upside for him at this point. So I'll yeah. I would you. Excuse me. All right. That's all right. I, I feel that one. Oh man, yeah, I'm 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 beat. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was actually it was funny when you were bringing up Xander Shoffley. That guy has got to be one of the oddest fucking golfers. Like he drives me up a wall trying to understand what it is that I'm looking at on any given week. Um, and just when I think he's starting to level out and get consistent and you know start doing some damage. And then he just goes completely the opposite direction. Yes. And it, it's, it, I mean, seriously, looking at his tee to green chart is like looking at an EKG. It is. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, 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 like... it's frenetic. It's like he, his, his, his confidence intervals between a little, little negative all the way to about one per round. <laughs> but he, he establishes he, he that never... because. Yeah, above it or below it. Yeah. I mean, like, literally, if you look at the candlesticks, I mean, he's sitting with maybe a third of his performance is actually inside of his own tolerance range, like his own confidence interval, which is just the worst thing ever for trying to predict a golfer performance. Because I mean, Christ, like the two where he just went off the wall at the Fort Worth and the, um, the hell was that one? The Memorial. I mean, (laughs) he lost three shots around per per round at Fort Worth and two shots per round at the Memorial. Like that's terrible, T degree. That's just not even bad. That's terrible. And yet, we have him at the British playing outstanding golf. He played well at the Greenbrier. Played well at the Travelers, and he gets talked about a lot in the fire chat. And I get why. I understand it. Like I mean, he does look uh, appealing, but this guy is still a loose cannon. There's no way of knowing. I mean, I guess no cut is a good thing for him in general. But yeah, yeah. It is crazy though. I mean, you look at all of it, all the fire stats he got in here. it's like if it's a third of them that are in the tolerance, it's amazing. His, you know, like his just everything. Uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 absurd. I mean, the guy is basically he's like the new Daniel Berger, or the new uh, Louis Oosthuizen. Just like, <laughs> well, you know, you never you never want to not own like ten percent GPP equity just in case. You know, just, well, I mean, really like just in case, cause like, what else, what else do you say? Look, look at his, just look at his, his, his track record this year. It's absurd. It is, goes it runner is. up of the British 21st, the Greenbrier miscut travelers, sixth of the U S open miscut, miscut second, 72nd, 73rd, 32nd, 50th. I mean, it's like, what, what is this guy doing? Like, I don't it understand is. how you can it be is. that inconsistent. It is crazy too, and and when he's making cuts, he's cleaning them. Yeah, he's destroying no the cut. I mean, look and at his SG cut. It's like it's stupid. Like he's making it by eight shots, five shots, minus two, two, minus two, minus two, seven. Like, it's I don't I don't know I don't know what to make of it. It's it's really strange for this guy. But anyway, and uh, rant there. But um, let's let's start with my homeboy that you left for me. Thank you so much, Mr. Paul Casey. <laughs> um, you know, the king himself. I, I I don't really care, again, that he didn't play that well at the British. 
so be it. But he came right back at the Porsche European, played great on a reasonably, I wouldn't say a difficult golf course, but it wasn't easy. Uh, finished tied for seventh at a, a score of eight under, which tells you that it had to be at least reasonably tough. And he shot a 73 on Sunday in typical Paul Casey fashion. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, yep, that's just standard. So you just take it for what it is, but he's basically the, the underpriced Tita Green King, isn't he? I mean, just over and yes. over and over again. Um Let's see. Also in this range, I like your Noren call. I definitely think he's he's a stud. He was looking very good there at the British uh, up until a pop bunker ate his fucking lunch on Sunday. Um, yeah, yeah. That did not. That was not a good look for him. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> we're gonna use Mirfield as a comp, a reasonably good comp. Then we have to like Bryson DeChambeau. Um, I know he shot a 78 on Sunday over in Europe, but man, has this guy been good overall, right? I mean. He's, he's a fiend. I think he's an outstanding play here. I like him a lot better than Xander Shoffley for 100 less, I'll tell you that much. Um, and then the last one, since you, you left me, Paul Casey, and we already talked about your call on Norin, um, I think I'm going – I like the Hoff call also for what it's worth, but, I mean, Justin Thomas is pretty hard to ignore at this golf course. Um, you know, didn't – obviously, I didn't expect him to play very well at the British. Uh, as, as, as no one should have. If you expected Justin Thomas to play great at the British, then you don't really know what you're doing. Um, but <laughs> pardon pardon my assholishness there, but you, you don't. Um, Hot takes. I like it. Uh, I, I don't normally make a lot of them, but you just don't. If, you, if that's what you think a Justin Thomas golf course looks like, then no. Um, but aside from that and one busty performance at the Travelers where he still shot under par uh, – was great in France, pretty good at the U.S. Open, not awesome, but pretty good. But before that, Mirfield, he was pretty damn good. And he's been consistently good there overall. 8,800 is about the low water mark for Justin Thomas. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that. And, uh, you know, if the course plays reasonably receptive, and we know Justin Thomas has been playing way better lately than he has in the past, uh, I, I just find it very hard to believe that we're not going to see a good performance out of him at this golf course. Um so yeah, I, I think I'll be interested in some equity on him. My fade in this range, uh, if I had to choose one, you know, we've got a whole bunch of world class golfers here. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just fade Bubba Watson. Um, I, I get it that he's played well here or this season here and there, but something was very fucking broken with his iron game last week, and. Uh, I, I might be able to get on board with some, some GPP equity with him if he were mid-high sevens, but 85 is, is a stretch. Um, I'm not paying that for him, so that just is what it is. Anyway, jumping down to the lower echelons, just give me three plays in a dark horse here, Wedge. All right, three plays in a dark horse. What are we, 75 below 75? No, right. I know the first guy on your list this week <laughs> has got to be the one and only. I was gonna say, so so uh, clearly you want me to say Ben Ann. Come on, yes, of course I do. Who else? You know, I've, I'll have to say he 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 impressed me last week. Um, as we as we learned, he's a little bit longer off the tee than um, than we had assumed he was. So, right. So that um, you know, um, as far as guys down in this range, um. Oh man, this is this is this is uh, splitting 
splitting some uh, hairs down here. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Uh, it is definitely not an easy, definitely not an easy one here. Um, but um, let's start off with uh, wow, wow. I didn't even, I didn't even make it far this far down. Um, I'll say on because he played well last week, but we've seen you and. Here's the thing with on, as I've noticed. All right, so last time he finished second, he got cut. Previous top ten, he finished seventh, he got cut. Now, previous top ten, he got he got cut afterwards. Mm-hmm. So um, clearly, he can't get cut this week. But I'd like to see the guy string <laughs> a little bit of consistency together. He's his his or his fire charts look like a a rainbow. It goes from color to you know red to green red to green so uh we'll, we'll see what happens I'll, I'll be following them this week kind of see mm-hmm. um we talk about straight t to green game and straight off the t um and mirfield uh, i'm gonna have to mention kyle stanley um just due to those just due to those reasons right. um, straight off the green straight off the t um played well at mirfield this week this year you know i kind of throw aside the john deere uh, and just toss that straight out the window. Um, he's 7,200, so he's in the bottom range here. And he has he has the ability to top 25 here. Uh, that's about the extent, right. I would say, for him down here. Um, next guy on this list, um, you know, man, there's just – I'm not going to lie. There's Maybe we go back to uh, – maybe go back to Kevin Nye, 72. He's a little shorter <laughs> He's a little shorter off the tee uh, than, you know. He you should be able to get be. away with it here, though. You know, but here it is. Here it is. This is the old Kevin Nah, you know, just kind of hang around, stick around. Maybe he finishes top 20 kind of deal. You know, down here, I'm not really looking for – I'm just looking for these guys that I play on the bottom range not to finish 50th or worse and not make any birdies. Um, mm-hmm. Nah should finish in the middle of the range. Middle of the range and um, – and if his iron game's on, he should be able to go around and make some birdies. And it really comes down to his putter for him. Um, next on this list here, um, as far as the next guy on the list that I like, um, how about um, how about Mr. Um, oh, man. God, some of these guys I really liked earlier in the year, now they all suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> how, about, uh, how about Austin Cook? Um, Interesting. He's, he's been trending up. Um, it has been trending upwards. Um, you know, he missed the cut at the Travelers, but other than that, he's got he's got four straight top thirty fives, a couple top tens mixed in there. Um, mm-hmm. Did not play well at the Memorial at all. It was probably his worst event of the year, so it's kind of a roll the dice. Um, but when his game's on, he's uh, he he can get the ball tee to green is pretty solid um it's not it's not done all off the tee and it's not done all off the irons it's a little bit of both um so i take a little bit of um take a little bit of austin cook since Mm -hmm. uh, since he does hit fairways on a regular basis so um as far as my flyer and austin cook is not a flyer i love it (laughs) <laughs> no, no flyer would be like sinking like Ted Potter here. Oh um, man, now, are, are you are you telling be... me Ted Potter is your dark horse? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I am not telling you that. I'm saying uh-huh. that would be a real flyer. Um, That's funny. Okay, here we go. We wanna we wanna get someone that. How about a guy that won on tour this year, um, and has done absolutely nothing since he's won on tour. Like literally nothing. Um, like I don't think he's made a cut since he won on tour. Um, Aaron Wise. Oh, jeez, um, yeah, he's been maybe the, bad. 
<laughs> I mean, like that's beyond a dark horse. Like that's like a fucking like okay, hope and so a prayer. But so look at this. So the last two times out, he's missed the cut shot under par. That's true. Yeah. One. Um, the U.S. Open, he missed the cut by three. The, the Memorial missed it by two, and the Fort Worth he's missed it by one. So he hasn't he's been. He's doing okay. Yeah. He okay. hasn't Fair been enough. absolutely brutal. And if you want a guy that has obviously clear upside, and you wanted a flyer, that'll be my flyer because I look at the rest of the guys down there and go, yeah, there's a couple, but let's go wise. Okay. All right. Nice. You I gotta, like it. You gotta help me out down in this range. Yeah, I'll try. Well, I'll, I'm gonna start with On, um, and I know he didn't play well here for two years um, earlier on in his career, but I, I don't really care. Um, he. <laughs> He's still been uh, overall very studly at this kind of golf course. Um, he almost shipped Mirfield. I mean, just take that as good evidence that the guy's turned a bit of a corner. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take him out for 7,400 and be pretty confident about that play. His TD Green game has come around big time this year. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a solid one. Um, for the price, and I know he hasn't been awesome here, but Phil could do worse. I mean, that's 7,400. Phil Mickelson is, is not the worst thing in the world by far. Right. right. Um, so I, you, you have to temper your expectations, but for what is worth, Mexico was kind of a weird tight course and he still did. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's, it's risky. I get it. But, uh, when we're coming down to this range, he really can't be a, a choosing beggar, so to speak. Um, yes. I definitely think this is the buy low on Sergio Garcia um, <laughs> moment. You know, missed the cut by one at the RBC with a couple really stupid holes. But 7400 is about the lowest price you're ever going to pay for Sergio Garcia. Um, it would stun me if you got any lower than that. So if you want a guy who's going to be uh, potentially way better than his price uh, as a, an upside if he gets it together this week, why not? I mean, what do you have to lose there? Uh, he, you, you know he's going to come back around. I mean, um, we've been kind of calling that on Adam Scott for a while, and he's shown flashes of it. Um, maybe not quite as nice as what we've wanted, but even he's done some damage. But I, I look at Sergio much the same way. It's really not never a bad speculative play to just kind of see what you're going to get for 7400 because they're both so cheap now, so why not, right? So right, right. Interesting names in that seventy-five, seventy-four hundred range, right? With some some serious talent in there too, at least at some point in in the last year. I think this is a clever spot to hop back on the Grillo train. Um, at seventy-one, I think this is this is a good spot where we've seen Grillo get fucked up pretty bad at the British in the U.S., which really <laughs> does not concern me. But outside of the British in the U.S. Uh, he's been a stud everywhere. So um, I'm certainly not scared to roll him. I think he's going to be a great play uh, overall um, and, and should, shouldn't should be, you know, he may not win the thing, but I would be surprised if we didn't see him do at least reasonably well at this golf course. Um, so that's three. My dark horse this week, if I had to choose one, and God, I'm this is, this is uh, down <laughs> below here. Down it's here? really bad. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I mean, God, you know what? I'm I'm gonna be a really fucking weird person this week, and I'm gonna say Honor Bond Lahiri. I love it. 
that is. And here's here's why. Um, it. It, it's it's a weird reason, but the reason I like Lahiri is that for some reason that I don't fully understand, he really likes Mirfield. Um, and hey, maybe there's something there. Uh, I don't know. I, I I do I do find a lot of comps between the two. I think Mirfield, obviously they're both in Ohio, which is kind of <laughs> a similar kind of uh, climate. Um, terrain layout, things like that. They're both tight, tree-lined, tricky golf courses. I think I believe Mirfield's par 72, which is a little bit different. But uh, nevertheless, we, we do have a similar kind of architecture and similar scoring for what it's worth, bent grass, so on and so forth. And Lahiri has done weirdly well there. Um, I think a lot of that, as always for him, is putter-driven, but... I mean, you could do worse. Uh, he he, he does, just don't be surprised if he goes like FRL and then shoots like 80 <laughs> round two. Okay, so that's why he's a dark horse and not like your cash play. So please don't, yeah, don't fucking play him, him in cash. Yeah, don't just, ever just play don't, a don't do dark that. horse in Don't cash. do that. I mean, yeah, don't do that to yourself. Anyway, um, okay, cool. Well, I think that about covers the wedge. We got 40 minutes of content into 73 players. So good yeah, job. Um. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out. Like I said, firedfs.com slash subscribe if you like boring profitability and you're tired of losing your shit playing the millionaire maker like a fucking idiot. Right? Yes. Okay. Pardon my pardon my French, but come on. I, I, I you're, pl- you're playing always... you're playing a fucking contest with like a hundred or eight hundred thousand entrants, like. And if you get second, you win, like, a fraction of it. And if you get, like, anywhere just in the cash, you get, like, one and a half times your money at best. Yes. Um, what I always say about the millionaire maker, it rather if you're gonna mass, if you're gonna max enter the million maker, go buy yourself a high level lawnmower. You got a better chance of making a million dollars that way off of it than. You I mean, really? Like, I it's, mean, let's it's... let's be honest. Oops, I mean, yeah. I mean, and we we were actually running the numbers, and there were some people that literally maxed out the Millionaire Maker and struck out. They didn't catch <laughs> a single entry. Like, how bad is that? Well, anyway. it, that means they kept the tight pool, and I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. Well. Maybe. Anyway, uh, guys, it's a gimmick. Um, so if you really want to make money, there's a strategy to it. There's bankroll management that you have to take into account, you know, and not trying to go for the gold and hit grand slams every single time you uh, invest each week. And we're good about that. So, um, you know, firedfs.com slash subscribe. We've got a great community and we'll take good care of you. Anyway, Wedge, thank you so much for being on your brother. Of course. Thank you. All right, man, and I appreciate you guys listening. Good luck this week at Firestone, and thank you again.